Hello, Podicumans. Brett Maddox here. Today, we are diving right back into the Faith Once Delivered document that was produced out of the John Wesley Institute. You can check out our show notes for links to the John Wesley Institute and to this document, which is available for free download. Remember that you can connect with us on social media, at Podichesis is where you can find us. You can email us at questions at podichesis.com, or you can connect with us through voicemail 404-635-6679. Now, let's start this episode of the Podichesis podcast and continue our discussion on the attributes of God. Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett... Uh, what's my name? <laughs> uh, my name is... I'm Alan Kaysen, and these are your best friends, Brett Maddox and Jim Morrow. <laughs> hey, I'm Brett. I just got done watching Animal House and Charlton Heston's Ten Commandments. I'm going to go smoke some meat and watch the first time ever I'm going to watch Star Wars. <laughs> By the way, roll tide. <laughs> wow. This off the rails. I can't decide if this is the best intro or the worst. <laughs> People who are not used to us, I, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, new pot of humans, it's good to be with you today. <laughs> the episode you is off the rails, in... but we are not editing. Ladies and gentlemen, right. this is the Podakesis <laughs> Podcast. You true. get what you get. It's free. It's free. That's you right. get what you get. Don't pitch a fit. That's exactly right. You can right. tell we've been recording for a while because we're not even thinking about editing this out. No, we're I'm just not. going with the flow. Like, no. if this was our first 10 episodes, I would have stayed up all like, night oh, editing. Oh, my goodness. Can you, really, can you delete it from the cloud? Steve Jobs is going to come from the grave and get us. And Elon Musk is going to put it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness he gracious. ran with that. And he, he Gentlemen, did. I have he, a surprise for you. Oh okay. my goodness. Here we go. I have a surprise for you. Yes. Speaking of our first 10 episodes, on air today, I am finishing this morning's <laughs> kale smoothie. <laughs> you thought it was a joke. It ain't no joke. All right. Like oh the liver gosh. king does, I'm going to drink this live. <laughs> and Shoot up oh, HGH. <laughs> ah, goodness. I just I got a, I I got a thumbnail five, for YouTube. I got a I thumbnail grew, for YouTube. I just grew five chest hairs. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What are we even doing? This is the post-Christmas episode. So yeah, we're talking I mean, about God the Father, and apparently there ain't no fathers in this room to discipline us. That's exactly Me. Right. Discipline me. Oh, wow. my gosh. All right. So for those of you who are wondering what in the world you've got yourself into, um, we have been going through the Faith Once Delivered document, the TFOD, put out by the John Wesley Institute. You can check them out at nextmethodism.org. Um, this document was created after a gathering of, of over 50 Wesleyan scholars, and um, it was produced last year. Um, and so we've been going through this uh, basically paragraph by paragraph and uh, have been talking about the nature of God and who God is, particularly the Trinity, um, for the last several episodes. And so we have done already some introductory comments about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and now the TFOD goes into a little bit more depth for each person within the Trinity. And so today we're going to be talking about God the Father in a little bit more depth and looking at paragraphs 36 through 40, if you're following along in the TFOD, which you can download for free from nextmethodism.org. And uh, so I'm going to turn this over to our 
Audible champion, Alan Kaysen, for a fine reading of these paragraphs as we had this conversation together. Well, we'll determine if it's fine afterwards, but... Um... Uh, just want to do one paragraph at a time. Is that what yeah, we're going to sure. do? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. All right. Paragraph 36. Uh, this is God the Father. So in the Nicene Creed, the church confesses, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. Yes. The person of the Father is the principle, the beginning, the source, the fountainhead of the oneness and divinity of the Son and Spirit. For the early church theologian, Gregory of Nazianzus. Greggy Z. <laughs> Greggy Z, uh, the fatherhood of God, highlights the abundance and generosity of God's nature. The Father's being eternally overflows to the Son and Spirit. And let, let, let's go ahead and read 37, because there's a big question that comes from, from 36 and 37 that we want to spend a little bit of time on. So I asked the question, and then he proceeds to uh, change things up. Okay, that's fine. It's okay, <laughs> just Brett. Just as the Spirit fine. proceeds from this, the Father, Brett just proceeds a... <laughs> to— I can't, I can't transition that back in. That was a fail. Go ahead. That was a fail. All right, we're going to scrape that. Wow! This is, uh, we're just so glad that the Father is way better than we are. Okay. Amen, brother. Therefore, the Father, 37, therefore the Father is never without the Son and the Holy Spirit, for the Son is begotten of the Father, and the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father eternally. As Gregory Z. Riley remarks, uh, the Son and the Holy Spirit are from the Father, but they are not after the Father. Augustine of Hippo expresses this same point when he says, commenting on John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, that the Father is the beginning from whom the Word and Spirit come. The primacy of the Father is the source of divine unity. In their work for us and for our salvation, the Son and Spirit fulfill okay. the Father's will. So I'm glad you read both those uh, together because you've got this idea in, in paragraph 36 that the uh, person of the Father is the principle, which that word would seem to bring up this idea that he is first, he is paramount. I don't know. Anyway, so then you've got this uh, uh, line, the primacy of the Father is the source of divine unity. So the question comes up, what does this mean, the whole idea of primacy and principle, when you're talking about the Trinity? I mean, we're, we've always been told that classic Christian doctrine says that, yes, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are unique. There's diversity in the Trinity, but they're also unified. There's unity in the Trinity. They're of one substance or the same substance, homoousius, that word that is used in the Nicene Creed. They're of the same substance. It is the Godhead. It's one God, three three persons. And so um, how, how does this idea of the principle, how does this idea of primacy work within that classic Orthodox framework, which this document is espousing and teaching? So before we get into the simple, easy to remember, I think solid answer, I want to bring up one problem. Yeah. And <clears throat> you, you all probably don't care about this, but you're listening to a theology podcast, okay? That's true. Right. Um, so the term primacy grabbed a hold of my attention and then found out grabbed a hold of Brett's attention. And Alan was over doing was hibachi. Was, he was doing yeah. hibachi on, on the Blackstone. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Alan was right there with us. But but that it came up that it came up 
differently brought something to our minds. So there's an idea out there called subor- <laughs> subordinationism, yeah. subordinationism, um, that the the son and the spirit are subordinate to the father and that the father is primary. And so it's, it's, it's a theological word. So it has a lot of stuff attached. The document may not mean such, but subordinationism, according to um, the Oxford Encyclopedia, uh, says that it considers Christ as Son of God to be inferior to the Father. And in other areas, subordinationism (laughs) says that um, the being of the Son is subordinate or lesser than the being of the Father. So which one of those do we mean here in the TFOD? right? Mm-hmm. Or do we mean something entirely different? Mm-hmm. So this leads me to a very quick story about subordinationism that I have to tell you. Okay. Because the type A perfectionist that I am, I said, I need an answer before we lay out this episode. So I emailed Ryan Danker this morning with the quote. I even used the Pilcrow paragraph symbol uh, <clears throat> to show how serious <clears throat> I was about this. I said, dun, Ryan... Dun, dun. We're running into this quote. We're going to record today. I'd love for you to to help me out. I want to, you know, I really want to uh, help me understand what what the document may mean. And you know, I emailed him in the morning. He's not sure going to answer, but this is what happened. Ryan, I love you. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with you for a second here. Twenty minutes after I emailed Doctor Danker, I see a picture on his Facebook stories. This is after <laughs> nine o'clock of his homemade biscuits and gravy and that boy's about to eat breakfast (laughs) so here's two things i learned dr danker's not going to answer my email today (laughs) because he's eating breakfast and then that he's going to have to take a nap i mean biscuits and gravy equals nap right and then that is the least anglophile british breakfast (laughs) ryan that i have ever seen (laughs) That's Come South to Georgia, Georgia yeah. where you belong. That's true. So the reason that it comes up is, hey, does that mean that Jesus is less than? Right. Uh, because, you know, Jesus says in the Gospel of John, the Father is greater than I. Um, and we've talked about that before. So I want to lay out that little kind of mental problem. And then I think there's actually a simpler solution. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and not even when Jesus says the Father is greater than I, but then you've got this uh, Philippians 2, the, the kenosis passage of... Jesus saying, uh, the, the uh, Paul talking about Jesus, um, where he laid aside. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that then make him lesser than, or, you know, so th- who, this is, this is an important conversation and this is important because if you get it right, then it's, it's right. Like if having it right, it's about salvation. I mean, ultimately I think what Athanasius lays out when he's arguing for the Trinity in the third century is, is a is a way, or fourth century is a, is a way of looking at this. Is um, it the reason this matters is because salvation matters. This yeah. is this this matters about salvation. Ultimately, this is a soteriological uh, or salvation based um, uh, issue. Um, so if you get it wrong. And it's real easy. That's the thing about the Trinity that I have noticed, the doctrine of the Trinity, is that it's beautiful, that um, I like to say that it is the best way for finite humans to describe an infinite God. Mm. Um, so it's beautiful, 
it's beautiful in its complexity and also in its simplicity. There's a, there there is a kind of that, but it is very very easy to cross the line into heresy right. when you start talking about the Trinity. I mean, even if you don't even realize you're doing that, it's very easy to start getting off the rails into heresy. So um, it does matter um, because ultimately salvation matters. Yeah, and don't don't like be afraid that you're yeah, exactly. simply a heretic. It's just it's just like a, it's like um, a big Jenga tower. Yeah, um, one little block in the bottom could really kind of change the way that your whole right understanding of God <clears throat> and who can be saved and how could kind of fall down. Yeah, um, and not I mean like it's easy to pick back up. Um, you know, unless you're going to dig in. Um, neo-Calvinist style until you're right and everybody else is destined to be wrong. Right. <laughs> Oops. Hey, I've, got, I've got a good illustration of that. When I was uh, a uh, preteen, um, I was at my, spending the summers with my dad. It's like the 40s. And, yeah. <laughs> well, the story I'm about to tell you really will make you laugh then. Um, and so my dad, uh, he and his wife had, uh, my stepmom had uh, just built a house. And um, this is in the early 90s, uh, just built a house. And he wanted to build a barn. And so I remember laying the foundation and um, helping him with the foundation. And so we, uh, he did this pillar foundation, so brick pillar foundations to get it off the ground. And so um, we spent, I mean, weeks really just doing this work. And he gets to the last one, and he realizes that one of the uh, pillars was about a quarter inch off. And he had to tear down the entire thing and start over again. And I remember saying, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? All this work we put into it? And he's like, if we don't do this, then the whole building will be off. Like, this quarter inch will throw it off at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could have kept going and then had a crooked and and not stable barn at the end. Uh, but doing the work of tearing it down and rebuilding it and making it true um, was um, was the right move and made it a stronger uh, structure. Yeah, man. So, so I think you're right. I think you know it's not about <clears throat> it's not about being off like completely. It's just those little moments, those little things, those quarter inches that can throw us off, so that our end understanding of God and yeah. relationship with God then really gets out of whack. And one more thought, and then I think. Alan's got the answer for us on the primacy of God thing. Um, like, this isn't meant to, to be like an intellectual snobbery kind of situation. Right, right. I want you to think of it like this. I want you to think of it like um, when, think of it like you're polishing stone or something, and you, and you start with rough grit sandpaper, and, and then you start getting to the fine grit, and then you start allowing the details to emerge into, into the thing. We're just together trying to <clears throat> polish and bring out the full beauty of our understanding of God. Um, because the more we know that stronger that foundation is, the the more detailed and refined it is. Um, so it's not just like, oh, you're a heretic, you don't believe this, that, or the other. Or you said primacy when you meant something else. Right. Um, no, it's really meant to be helpful. So yeah. what what are we what are we thinking about when we think about it says the primacy of God is the uh, the source, what, the source of divine unity. And yeah. I, I just want to put out real quick before I get into the, 
I love what the, the these two paragraphs are trying to say about God. Yes, the Father. which is the main point. <laughs> right. The the right. The so it says in thirty six, the fatherhood of God highlights the abundance and generosity of God's nature. Mm-hmm. The Father's being eternally overflows to the Son and the Spirit. Mm. So we're talking about a generous and abundant God. Yeah. Not just to us, but to the Son and to the Spirit. Right. So out of God's divine nature. It overflows into the Son and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then the primacy of the Father is the source of divine unity. The three are one. Mm-hmm. That um and and out of that oneness, out of their oneness, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes, is that out of their oneness, we learn to be in unity with one another. Um so well, we talk about the primacy. So um there's a I think there's a great little summary um I'll just call it layman's version <laughs> um, in the absolute no, basics true. of yeah. the Christian faith uh, by Phil Talon that we've we've referenced uh, many times. Um, it's on the doctrine of God and who is God. And so um, I'm just going to read this real quick. This is the Father is the source of everything, and he sends the Son into the world in the power of the Spirit. Mm. And there's a couple examples from Scripture he highlights. We see this in Jesus' birth. By the Holy Spirit, the Son of God is born into the world. We see this in Jesus' baptism. The Son carries out the mission of the Father and the power of the Spirit. We see this in Jesus' blessing of his disciples when he ascends. When the Son goes back to the Father, he sends the Spirit to empower us. He goes on to say, The Father is the source and the goal of our salvation. Jesus is the way, and the Holy Spirit is the power to get there. Imagine it like this. The Father is the one who says, Let there be light. The Son goes and flips on the light switch. The Spirit is the electricity that powers the light bulb. The Father's the source, the Son is the way, the Holy Spirit is the power. And then finally, another way of thinking about this is to imagine yourself kneeling to pray the Lord's Prayer. We're praying the prayer Jesus taught us. Now imagine Jesus is standing beside you. We begin by praying our Father. Jesus is helping us to have right relationship with the Father. Now imagine that it's the Holy Spirit inside you who is giving you the power to pray the prayer Jesus taught us. The Son beside you, the Father above you, the Spirit inside you, all working to give us a right relationship with God. Phil Talon, ladies Man, and gentlemen. Man, you can't it put it right much. There. I mean, you know, um, uh, so, yeah, I think we want to, I don't want to, we don't want to miss what it's trying to say about no. the God the Father. Um, and we can, I don't think it's talking about substitutionarianism, subordination, subordinationism, or that whatever. Yes, that too. It was me and National uh, Gregory Z. Gregory Z. Greggy Z. Greggy no. Z. Okay. Um, I think uh, it's it's talking about you know the abundance and generosity of God and the and the divine unity that this that the three uh, in one have with one another. So. The awesome. Father is the source. Son is the Son way. Is the way. The Spirit is the the power. power. Yes. Power. Yes. Okay. So why don't we move on to another paragraph? Sure. All right. Can do. Thirty-eight. Uh, the term "father" is inherently relational. One cannot understand or speak of the Father without reference to the Son. God is eternally Father, and the Son is eternally begotten, just as the Spirit proceeds eternally from the Father and the Son. Wesley notes that Christ shares a unity of essence with the Father, being altogether supreme, eternal, independent, and that Christ is distinct from God the Father. 
the word whom the Father begot or spoke from eternity. Something similar can be said of the Holy Spirit, who is distinct and yet like the Father and the Son is Lord. Mm. The and at the, at the, the term set, Father is inherently relational. Relational, mm. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's the whole, and that, that to me is it's so important. That's one of the reasons why I, I'm convinced about the Trinity. Like I've always said I was, you know, held to that apostolic creedal understanding of 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 God but it wasn't until seminary honestly when you really started digging into this that the the relational aspect of the godhead became this kind of reality for me like it made sense like if we were to have a relationship with God it's because God wants to have a relationship with us because inherently God is relational um and so yeah Yeah, that's that's really a big a big piece because um, God God is not object. Um, God does not s- take and say, "Look, there's no connection with humanity and creation, or with any created being, or even within God's own self." Um, and that's huge. That's a that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we, you know, like your first awakenings of God, and like everybody has um, some kind of sense that there is greatness in some way, but it always feels out there and um, far and untouchable and unreachable. But that's not the nature of the God of our faith. The nature of the God of our faith is one where the very name of, the very names are relational names. Right. Uh, and that's a pretty big deal. Um, and Father, of course, the nature of God the Father has a, a really strong analogy to something that we can really understand. Um, being, even even if one's father figure was not one that, you know, they felt was helpful to them, the idea of a good father is still out there for, for people, mm-hmm. um, that God is in that way, abundant and generating and um, connected mm-hmm. and close. And abundant and generous and um, all the things that we've already talked about. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and, and those, those are, you know, those are really the key, the key things. If God is abundant, if the Father is abundant and generous and is inherently relational, you put all those things together— uh, and that's that's a life-changing picture. God the Father is a life-changing yeah. person. Yes, very much um, so. Not, not like um, scarce and distant, like, like the picture of God always is. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, of- and he's relational— to the point that he, the son, becomes one of us. Yes. Um. And and understands our weaknesses and our temptations and uh, experience what we experience. I mean, um, God with us. Um. And so you know, if the son proceeds from the father, then I mean, that's that's all in there. You know, it's it's easy for us because we're going to talk about God the Father today. You know, and then we'll right. talk about God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. But they're all one, right? So, right. Um, 
Man, that's a good way of putting that. You know, of course, the doctrine of the incarnation, but that's he he's relational to the point where he becomes one of us. That's uh. There's your nugget. I'm done for today. And that'll preach all no, day man. long. Alan, listen, uh, you could, if we were to edit after the first part where we really just went bananas, um, <laughs> and you were to take Brett bananas and I out of good. the rest of this, mm-hmm. um, Alan's this. You'd have, Alan, a, you'd have a two-minute podcast. <laughs> no, you get, the game, you get the game ball today. You are today's Stetson Bennett. You are today. I am today's, I am today's Ohio State kicker. <laughs> Ruggles. Oh, is that his name? Otherwise known as Struggles. Oh, oh poor guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had some Ohio oh, State man, folks that I'm, yeah, I'm no. I apologize we for really specifically do. from was... our parent company, Spirit and Truth. I mean, I, I was um, parent I, company, or I don't know, parent. parent. <laughs> I don't know. Is that right? Viacom. <laughs> Brought to you by Warner Brothers. <laughs> All four podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> all, of, all of which uh, produce much more regularly than we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> no, as long as you, I'm cool with being stay, as long as you call me Stayquavius. Okay. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. Well, so uh, that uh, that's an inside for for some bulldog yeah. fans. But there you go. We there shall go. move on. We, we shall, shall move, move on. on. All right. Um, uh, you, let's do paragraph thirty nine. Yes, sir. So, um, we believe in one God, creator of all that is. The work of God as creator is never the work of God the Father alone, but always also the work of the Son and Spirit. Through and with the Spirit and the Son, the Father created humanity in the divine image so that from the beginning we might be God's children. But having voluntarily falling, fallen away, we are dependent on Christ to give us the spirit of adoption in baptism so that being united with the son, we may be his siblings and claim his father as our father and become joint heirs with Christ. Romans eight fifteen. If I may say That's this, so just he- hearing this uh, paragraph, it, it it's a great reminder. Just like we say in, when you study the Bible, the, the great Bible teachers of the world will will say you know how how important context when reading scripture is uh ben witherington out of asbury used likes to say um a text without a context is a pretext to be whatever we want it to be the important thing is you know we're not picking and choosing our passages we're reading and studying passages within the context be it the written context, the historical context, the all that context is so important in the revelation. So the um, but I would also like to say doing theology is important too. You can't just so if you just took paragraph thirty seven, right, thirty six and thirty seven, and just took it out, and we just stopped there, then you really do run into interpretive issues. You run into to all these kind of questions, but. The important thing about classical Orthodox theology is that not one teaching builds on another. Build one teaching; it, it's it's important to take it all together within the context of the wider Christian teaching itself, because then you get a fuller picture, and that's what you get. It, we believe in one God, Creator, and then that the work of God as Creator is never the work of God the Father alone. That's an important piece in helping us understand even those issues uh, or those uh, teachings that we read about, about the primacy of God the Father, um, or the principle, and those type of things. 
Yeah, all three are active in the, right. the creation right. and still active in creation. Yes. I love yes. the, the I can't remember the the reference, but it's Christ holds all things together. Yes, yes. Um, that's what I think about. I think it's called. Yeah, when I th- when I think about this, that's what I think about is that Christ hold and he he is still holding everything together. Thing together right. Um, and the, better you know, than the, duct tape. Better than duct tape or what gorilla is it, laminin. Glue. <laughs> um, the, the Laman and Sermon, Louis Giglio. Yes. Right. But yeah. Yes. Um, so this unifying work of God by the persons of the Godhead. So this unifying work of God. Um, uh, how's it? Let me see if I can remember. How, um, uh, but having, uh, yeah, right here. But having voluntarily fallen away, we are dependent on Christ to give us the spirit of adoption and baptism so that by being united with the Son, we may be his siblings and claim his Father as our Father and become joint heirs with Christ. There's a unifying work of God, right? Like, there's this unifying um, work of bringing us into the family, where we yeah. are—that's that, that, just a beautiful—I I just made a note that that's be- beautiful language. Yeah, that—I mean, that's, that's salvation language, and that's something— mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to really remember, too, we mentioned baptism here, and uh, as we're recording, you know, we have Baptism of the Lord Sunday on the liturgical calendar coming up, mm-hmm. um, and we're over here at our church, we're going to do baptismal remembrance, and I'm, I've got this sermon on uh, uh, Matthew's uh, account of Jesus' baptism. Um, and one of the things that is striking to me, just a, a phrase, is um, it's instead of saying, yes, I have been baptized— it might be more accurate to say, I am baptized. Mm-hmm. It's not something, it's not simply an event that happened right. at one time. It is now an identity yeah, new that identity. you carry. Yeah. And it's important. I think one of the things that's so, so helpful for uh, Christians to remember is look, <clears throat> you have been adopted into the family of God mm-hmm. through your faith in Christ and the Spirit who's given you adoption. You are a joint heir with Christ. You are rich and richly loved and at the table. And for times when when a person, uh, a Christian, is either separated themselves away or or you're getting stuck in a hole or um, you just get yourself so tunnel-visioned that you're losing sight of things and thinking, oh, I've got to fix myself and, you know, it's, things aren't working, just to remember that a part of your your new identity in baptism is this place in the family of God. Right. It comes with responsibility and call and commission and all that as well, but the basis of all of that comes out of now you are a part of the family, and when God speaks um, over Jesus in his baptism, he says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. You have a similar, you, you can, I believe you can refrain a similar thought that God would speak to you that you are my child now mm-hmm. in whom I am well pleased. Yes. And that that's a foundational thing to help help us with the shame and the and the loneliness and the, the little holes that we get in. Um and so God the Father abundantly relationally gives that to us yeah. through the Son and the Spirit. I, I think that's a, a great way of, uh, and a great reminder for us. I think too many Christians, I, I remember I, I, I preached a sermon, I was giving my testimony in a sermon a while back, 
um, at a former church I was a part of, and um, I titled it "Why I'm a Follower of Christ." And I remember uh, when I was doing the introduction of the sermon, I said, I told them, I said, um, I wanted to, I want to tell you all the story of why I'm a follower of Jesus, not how I became a follower of Jesus. Because for me, being a follower of Jesus isn't a one-time event that happened in the past. Being a follower of Jesus is my life. This is my identity. This is who I am. So I want to tell you why I'm a follower of Jesus. And I think that reiterates what you're saying. You know, it's not that I have been baptized. It's that I am baptized. I am a follower of Jesus. I am a child of God. And that is, there's, that's an identity. And let me just say, at the risk of opening up a can of worms, um, in a time when identity politics, identity debates, identity is whatever out there in the world, we as followers of Christ need to really lock in, not on our identities of being, you know, denominational identities, or um, I would even say as one who is more traditional and evangelical in my theological bent, even those locking in on those identities are problematic. Um, we're, we are first and foremost to be identified as ch- children of God if we're followers of Jesus. Like, that is that is our primary identity. And uh, I think the church today needs to lock in on, on that. Mm. Mm. The Good. water of baptism may dry from your skin, but your baptism will never leave you. That's that's the sermon okay. in it. That's okay. the sermon. There we go. That's the sermon right there. Tune in Sunday, 8.30 or 10.30. First so, United drop. Methodist Church of Albany. So it's it's funny because the way New Year's ran uh, this year, um, we're actually doing the the, the Epiphany, Epiphany Sunday this mm-hmm. uh, this Sunday, and then we'll do yeah. baptism next Sunday. So yeah. yeah. Hey, real quick, I want to go back to the principal thing one time. Um, I do. I have to because yeah, when go. you said it makes us think about something, it made me think about something too. Um, it made me think about... What the, the the guy from Save the Bell? Is Save by the Bell, Bell. Mister uh, Belding, Mister Beldner, Belder, Belding, Bel- Belding, Belding, Mr. Belding. Belding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but he's not a principal. He's a principal. Principal Bell. Yeah. yeah, he's a principal. That's right. And so for all, for all of my uh, my other uh, my S three group, um, when we bring up Save by the Bell, I just have to say Go Rigmas. Okay. None of them will listen to this, but if they do, I'll find out. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah, I'll find right. out. <laughs> That's All right. Funny. One last sip. All right. Last, par- last paragraph. Oh, and one last sip of kale smoothie. Oh, like um, a chew. <laughs> no, here we go. Uh, <laughs> he chewed it. I had to. <laughs> that last bit was so nasty. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. All right. Um this will this will this will finish out God the we, Father. We have to in the T-Pod. All right. Recovering the identity of God the Father is bound up with acknowledge acknowledging the unity of the persons and work of God. Just as the first person of the Trinity is not solely creator, so the second person of the Trinity is not solely redeemer, nor is the third person solely sustainer. Because of the unity of the Father, Son, and Spirit, each is creator, redeemer, sustainer. Therefore, Creator is not an accurate substitute for Father, and Redeemer and Sustainer cannot serve in place of Son and Spirit. For further commentary on this idea, yeah. see any of our last 45 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
specifically part one of the intro to uh, the, the Trinity. Yeah. And, and then uh, the next two, one. And the next and then one. Part three. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Brett said, Hey Jim, tell us more about what you It's really the it's really the only thing I know, and it's a soapbox I can only get on when I'm alone in a podcast studio because nobody cares. Uh, well, I did I, I mean, you know, I think it's important because I, I think it's a um, they they may be addressing a particular issue here, but um, it's all, they're also very correct that all three um, do all three things do all three do all three things. So you can't it's not an adequate right. substitute. Right. Um, not not to get into the well. This is scripture refers. That's how scripture refers to the Trinity. So like you know, but just that alone on this basis mm-hmm. all three do all three so they're not an adequate uh, yeah, even theologically and biblically. Right. Yeah, yeah right oh but god okay. but god bless everyone right yes <laughs> yes so, in the name of i the think that's great my favorite my favorite is and if you're on youtube you're seeing this is jim's face as he says that it's <laughs> What did I say? God bless it's just everyone. the way you, I don't know. God there's so everyone. much snark in your facial hey. expression. <laughs> so I think I'm correct. They were winding down. Is that? Uh, well, I, I, thought, I thought we were winding down before that last paragraph. I'm okay. way off base. So I, I want to do something real quick. So we okay, got an I email. Is that, sorry, Brett, we got an email I want to share. Can <gasps> yeah, I share this? We just yeah. got a letter. So, we, we just got, got a letter. So we do want to encourage you to, to reach Let's out to see us who at, it's at, from. at questions at Potokesis. <laughs> this is from Reverend Brian Diffie? Is that is that Diffie, yeah. Diffie. Uh, that's what I'm going I, I, with. I hope I pronounced that right, Brian. Uh he says, Hey Reverend guys, I was Diffie, if we're wrong, I hope you'll let us know. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was kind of late getting started listening to the podcast. I've just now finished listening to all your episodes. Wow. Thank what? you. What? I want to thank you for all that you are doing to share the faith from the Wesleyan perspective. There are a lot of podcasts out there, but most of them are either from a reformed or a Baptist perspective. I'm sure they're great. Um, yes. I find it totally God refreshing. Bless them. That was me saying totally great. I find it totally refreshing uh, to hear theology unpacked by people from from my own tribe. Keep up the good work, and maybe we can catch one another in 2023 at the Spirit and Truth wow, yes. Conference. The Spirit and uh, Truth Conference. Yes, the Spirit and Truth Conference. So uh, we hope Reverend that you, Diffie, got, you guys Diffie can make Let's meet up. Yeah, let's meet up. Let's do That's lunch. Right. So. Let's go. We know of a good, well, uh, Tony knows of a good wing place. I can't yes. remember the name of yes. it. <laughs> We ate there. We ate hey, there. Hey, but we good. just want to thank you guys for listening, especially yeah. Brian for reaching out and sharing. Uh, yeah. We are blown away. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, no God doubt. No it. doubt. Um, if y'all go on Twitter at Podicusis is where we are. Um, I posted our top 10 yeah, listening to slash downloaded <gasps> episodes. You? Um, for 2022 and yeah some some fun stuff there our number one most downloaded solo cast (laughs) no no it was not you didn't even post that (laughs) i did not it was on on communion our episode on communion that we did how awesome is that yeah on communion wow so there you go y'all that's awesome yeah so good stuff there, guys. Good stuff. Well, um, I guess we are done with this episode today. Did we cover everything that needed to be covered with God the Father? I th- well, not yes, a- yes, 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 fine. Everything in the TVOD. Yeah, okay. fi- final thought. Final thought. <laughs> yeah. One, um, uh, Reverend Di- Ryan Danker and all of your associates and company, uh, the views espoused on this podcast or that of James Robert Morrow only and not that of the Podakesis <laughs> podcast or the Spirit Truth Network or any affiliated Viacoms or, or related Warner Brothers medias. 
Uh, also, um, <laughs> we're recording before this comes out, uh, before something important happens. And I just have to say, can I go? Go. Go. Dogs. Go dogs. Yes! Yeah, I just I don't want to like be the guy who you're like, oh, something happened. Oh, that's Jim true. Said, this is going to come out the yes. day before the morning of dogs. the national championship. Yeah, that's right. Go dogs. Go, okay, guys. If you don't ever hear from me again, that means it wasn't a good day. So. <laughs> yeah, people will be like, y'all are a Christian podcast. Why aren't you pulling for the Christian organization? <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not. They talk about hip, no, hip toads or whatever. So uh, we're, they, we're... Cer- they certainly are a Lazarus situation. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like a David and Goliath. So yeah. David and Goliath and yeah. other David and Goliath and other biblical metaphors. The TCU Let's shut this story. Podcast down. Yeah. <laughs> the All right. TCU story. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're off the rails. I just chewed kale smoothie. Catch us at Potakesis at all of your socials and invite a friend to download and listen with you. Reach out to us yep. at questions at Potakesis. Go register for the Spirit and Truth Conference and listen to the newest episode of the Spirit and Truth Podcast, which has just recently started. God bless you. Have a great day in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Peace. As we end this episode, we will have all the links mentioned in the episode, particularly those links pertaining to the John Wesley Institute and the document, The Faith Once Delivered, available uh, in our show notes. That uh, document, The Faith Once Delivered, is available for free download. So just click on that link and go download it, and you will have that resource. It's fantastic. Uh, be sure to hit us up on social media. At Podakesis is where you can find us. You can find us on our website, podakesis.podbean.com. And you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. So share us with your friends and tell them just to find us wherever. You can leave us a voicemail, uh, 404-635-6679, or leave us an email, questions at podakesis.com. And as always, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes, which helps us out there. We greatly appreciate it, and we greatly appreciate you. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one, and God bless.